No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome back to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we'll see that when it comes to receiving a collection, the Lord only asks those with a willing heart to give. It's a beautiful example of the right way to fund God's work. We hope you'll join us now as Pastor Daryl continues in Exodus chapter 35 on Simply the Bible. There's probably no subject that makes people more nervous than giving. Pastors are afraid to preach on it. The people are afraid that they're going to be hammered over it. And nobody seems to know what to do with it. Organizations abound that will tell you how to fundraise for this or that cause. Today we come to God's version of a capital campaign, if you could even call it that. We pick it up in Exodus chapter 35. Then Moses gathered all the congregation of the children of Israel together and said to them, These are the words which the Lord has commanded you to do. Work shall be done for six days, but the seventh day shall be a holy day for you, a Sabbath of rest to the Lord. Whoever does any work on it shall be put to death. You shall kindle no fire throughout your dwellings on the Sabbath day. Now, after God had given Moses the plans for the tabernacle, it was time to build. And before that could happen, there had to be a capital campaign. Really, it was probably better described as a materials campaign. But before any of this could happen, Moses gathered the people and reminded them about the Sabbath law. This is now the third time it has been mentioned in Exodus. When God tells us something three times, it must be important. Perhaps it was because Moses knew that once they started the building project, there would be a strong temptation to work seven days a week and to justify it because it was the Lord's work. I remember when I was part of a building project at our church in Sacramento, California many years ago, and I was sort of in charge, the liaison uh, between the church and the general contractor, and so I felt very responsible for the things that needed to happen. And there were some things that needed to happen before a Monday morning to the point that I felt pressured to get out there and work at it myself on a Sunday. And so I just did it. And then later my pastor called me and said, what were you doing? I said, well, this had to be done, you know. And he said, that's not a good example. And because I skipped church to go work on it. But that was a good lesson for me because there are times when even though it seems that the pressure is mounting, God wants us to put him first and set aside the time for him that we have devoted to worship. And that's pretty much what the whole point was with the Sabbath law. Now, I am glad that in Christ we are not under the Sabbath law per se. It would be difficult to live in Alaska in the winter and not kindle a fire on the Sabbath. But it is wise for us all to take a holy day as a day of rest to the Lord where we don't do our regular work, but reserve it for worship, for rest, for family. Early in the church history, they began meeting on Sunday, the first day of the week, 
because it was when Christ was resurrected from the dead. But it was never the Sabbath. The Sabbath is and has always been the seventh day of the week. And it was a sign of the covenant that God made with Israel. The lesson for us is that we shouldn't allow work and even the work of the Lord to interfere with personal worship, health, and family. Some have sacrificed these on the altar of, quote, ministry, unquote. But I question whether it was really the Lord that they were serving. Because the Lord's commandments are not burdensome, and his yoke is easy, and his load is light. And after all, God was the one who rested on the seventh day, set it apart, and blessed it. Verse 4, And Moses spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, This is the thing which the Lord commanded, saying, Take from among you an offering to the Lord. Whoever is of a willing heart, let him bring it as an offering to the Lord, gold, silver, and bronze, blue, purple, and scarlet thread, fine linen, and goat's hair, ram skins dyed red, badger skins, and acacia wood, oil for the light, and spices for the anointed oil and for the sweet incense, onyx stones, and stones to be set in the ephod and in the breastplate. What most strikes me about this capital campaign was that it was simple and voluntary. As a pastor, I am constantly approached by fundraising organizations with their schemes, restaurant discount cards, golf tournaments, candy bar sales, pledge campaigns, car washes, etc. ad nauseum. I usually stop them in their tracks by saying, we just trust the Lord to meet our needs. End of conversation. Now, we do receive an offering on Sunday mornings from those who want to give, but we often tell visitors to our church we don't expect them to give any more than we would expect someone to pay us if we invited them over for dinner. They're our guests. The offering that the Lord wanted to receive was only to be taken from those with a willing heart. God didn't want anyone to feel coerced or pressured to give. He didn't want anybody complaining about what they had to give. It was completely voluntary and without any of the schemes that people often use. There was no competition. It was purely to be the response of each person toward God. As Jesus would later remark about giving, but when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. I remember just as a youth, I was probably about 12 or 13 years old, and the church that we were attending was doing a fundraising campaign for a building project, and they gave honor to those that had given over a certain amount. And if you gave over a certain amount, you could have a brick with your name etched on it that would be part of the new building project. And so different people were being applauded for how much they were giving. And I recall even at that age thinking, this just feels weird. And yet, how many times did people use such tactics to raise funds for the kingdom of God? Moses didn't do any such visible competition or exaltation of people. He didn't even tell the musicians to start playing and to pass the baskets while the atmosphere was just right and the people's emotions were being moved upon. 
He sent the people home to think, to pray, and to discuss it among themselves before responding. How could Moses do that? Because Moses trusted in God. I'm so thankful that I grew up in the Calvary Chapel movement with the words of Pastor Chuck Smith echoing in my head, where God guides, God provides. Verse 10, all who are gifted artisans among you shall come and make all that the Lord has commanded. And then Moses lists all of the various parts of the tabernacle that were going to require materials and so forth in order to build. Not only would this require materials, but it would also require gifted people, artisans whom God had prepared and called for this task. And they would have to be willing to. There would be a response not only in the giving of material offerings, but also in the giving of themselves and of their time. Verse 20. And all the congregation of the children of Israel departed from the presence of Moses. Then everyone came whose heart was stirred and everyone whose spirit was willing. And they brought the Lord's offering for the work of the tabernacle of meeting, for all its service and for the holy garments. They came, both men and women, as many as had a willing heart and brought earrings and nose rings, rings and necklaces, all jewelry of gold. That is, every man who made an offering of gold to the Lord and every man with whom was found blue, purple, and scarlet thread, fine linen, goat's hair, red skins of rams, and badger skins brought them. Everyone who offered an offering of silver or bronze brought the Lord's offering, and everyone with whom was found acacia wood for any work of the service brought it. All the women who were gifted artisans spun yarn with their hands and brought what they had spun of blue, purple, and scarlet, and fine linen. And all the women whose hearts stirred with wisdom spun yarn of goat's hair. The rulers brought onyx stones and the stones to be set in the ephod and in the breastplate and spices and oil for the light, for the anointing oil, for the sweet incense. The children of Israel brought a freewill offering to the Lord, all the men and women whose hearts were willing to bring material for all kinds of work, which the Lord, by the hand of Moses, had commanded to be done. Notice here that they all responded as many as whose hearts were stirred and whose spirits were willing. Notice here, God was involved in this. God moved upon the hearts of the people and then they gave willingly. And we will see that they really gave as a result of God giving to them because before they left Egypt, they went to their Egyptian neighbors and asked for stuff and the Egyptians laid it on them. So all of these things that they received, all of the wealth of Egypt that they brought with them out of Egypt, they now freely gave to the Lord for the tabernacle because God stirred their hearts and their hearts were willing. And you know, that is just the way to do it. When God is in it, he moves upon the hearts of the people. We ought to make it as simple as just making the need known and letting the Lord do his work on his time schedule. Let me tell you, I can speak from personal experience on this one. We purchased 15 acres of property 14 years ago, and we're able to pay a sizable down payment on it. But then we had, over the next 
14 years to try to pay it off. And we barely paid anything except the monthly payment for the first 12 years. Then about a year and a half ago, we said, look, we want to get out to our property, but we'd like to pay this off. Let's just see what the Lord will do. And do you know that in a year and a half, we paid off more than we had in the previous 12 years. Just a couple of Sundays ago, we were able to announce that our property was paid off in full and we all did the we're debt free yell. I credit the Lord as he stirs the hearts of his people. Let us not make giving any more complicated than it needs to be. For if we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, everything else will be added unto us. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. They meet Sunday mornings at 1030 at Pepperidge Elementary School in Boise. Also, to listen to any of Pastor Daryl's teachings or to find out more about the church, go to their website at calvarytv.org. We'd really love to hear from you. You can also text WELCOME to 208-314-3377. That's 208-314-3377. Tomorrow we'll take a closer look at the artisans God chose to make the articles of the tabernacle. It's a wonderful example of how God gifts, calls, and equips all of us for the works of service He has prepared for us to do. We hope you'll join us as we continue in Exodus on Simply the Bible. 